How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined by none other than Ben Gorwitz. Today, Thursday, October 6th, 2022. Ben, say what's up to the people. Shout out to those Atlanta Braves. Yep, Five our- years in a row, they've won the division. That's the longest active streak uh, for any team to win their division. Damn, it feels good to be an NL East champ again. I'll tell you one thing. A lot of things get old in life. That is one thing that will never get old is winning the division, especially as being an Atlanta fan. I'll take it however we can get it. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, guys, Ben made the perfect segue. So this is obviously our weekend picks pod. We will discuss the biggest matchups in college football in the NFL as well. But we're going to start things off here and preview for you all the wild card round real quick. Ben, before we do that, actually, let's wait to uh, review our records when we get to that uh, segment to the pick segment let's start things out here though ben tomorrow in the mlb so in the al we will have the rays taking on the guardians um this will be the first series we'll start things out with yep the winner of this series takes on the yankees ben who do you think is winning this series and why did the guardians topple the race um the Guardians starting pitching has been on quite the roll recently and if you get to the seventh inning with the lead against the guardians it's game over um, I'm blanking on their setup man's name right now, but they're check Karachek and, and their closer um, clause. Is it clause clause manual clause? Yeah, he's unhittable. He was disgusting in the all-star game too. Um, plus, you know, Shane Bieber's got experience in the uh, postseason. I, I, I think Terry Francona is a terrific manager. He knows how to win in, uh, in October and as does Kevin cash, the Rays manager. Um, I think the Rays, their injuries, I think will will shine the most. They're missing some players in the in the postseason. Uh, Kiermaier is not back. Um, Glass now is back, which is big, but I would imagine he's not at one hundred percent. I think he's only made one or two starts. So I think the advantage to the Guardians with the pitching matchup, uh, both bullpens are terrific, and the Guardians lineup is just so hard to get out. They battle in a lot of at bats. If you've never seen Stephen Kwan play at the or uh, hit at the plate he is so tough he's, he's kind of like a mm-hmm. like a jeff mcneil he's h- very hard to strike out strike out very high contact rate and then you have a superstar like jose ramirez to anchor this lineup i think the guardians um can beat the rays i i think they'll have a tough time against the yankees though ben i was gonna drive the guardians because they were hot then i you know i did some more digging as usual these are the teams that they have beaten up on Kansas well, their divisions, their division sucks. The twins, the angels, the twins for like six games. And they had that five game series and put them out of the race. The white Sox, Texas. They did beat Tampa Bay in a recent series, two to one. One of those wins though, was an extra innings Two two of them were two, one. And then Kansas city again, I just feel like that whoever wins the central, you know, man, or they just beat up on a bunch of bad teams. Just like you hit the nail on the head there. Therefore, I'm going to have to do it, man. I'm taking the Rays here in this series. Glasnow's come back. He's pitched pretty well. Shane McLanahan's an ace as well. Um, Kluber will probably get some looks. Um, I'm drawing a blank on their other pitcher's name who can throw as well. The Rays, though, oh, Drew Rasmussen, he was on fire. He almost threw a perfect game at the end of the season. Look, this Rays bullpen's hot. The lineup's hot. They got Wander Franco and Margot back as the season went on. I think the Rays are peaking at the right time. We've seen this team in the dance the last two years. 
I think the Guardians are a great regular season story, you know, but I don't think they're a playoff team. Just like when I look at this lineup and the guys who do it, I mean, Jose Ramirez is arguably one of the five best hitters in baseball. After that, there's a pretty sizable drop-off to the rest of the talent on the roster. I think they have good players, but I just think this Guardians team is just I, – I, I mean, I just think this Rays team is better. Therefore, I'm taking the Rays. Yeah, I mean, if I'll say this. If they flop again, the AL Central's getting a tough look because, dude, have you seen this stat on – the um Chicago White Sox. What is it that they had a negative uh run differential? So no, so in 2022, they're 81 and 81. The mm-hmm. first half of 2022, they were 46 and 46, which means the second half they were 35 and 35. That's actually unreal. Then it goes back to this: their last 18,064 games. That goes all the way back. Mm-hmm. To 1906, the Chicago White Sox record is 500. It's 9,032 wins, 9,032 losses. It's actually insane when you think about it because, I mean, they had those World Series teams when they had Ozzie Guillen managing, and then they also had those teams that were the dumpster of the MLB after that. So, I mean, that's, that is actually literally insane. This year, if they had one win the other way, they would have been either above or below 500, and they didn't. They have- that's insane. They have finished 500 or worse in eight of the last 10 seasons. One of those, keep in mind, was the 60-game season. Damn, that is crazy, Ben. That is a hell of a stat right there. That might be the stat of the season, of the year. I don't think I'll ever find anything crazier than that. What did they expect? Did they really expect to be a World Series contender hiring Tony La Russa, who was fresh off a DUI? Hey, beats me, man. You saw that vid. I hope you saw the video where the Tony Larusa doesn't know. Like, there's two. It's like they have a runner on second, and it's like Jose Abreu, and they have Adam Engel, who's like really fast on the bench. And so this this fan sitting next to the dugout is screaming at Larusa to put in Engel to pinch run. The pitcher throws one pitch, then he calls timeout and goes out there and puts him in. The entire crowd was chanting. This guy got the entire crowd to chant it with him, and then he did it. It was crazy. Unbelievable. Let's keep it moving, though, here, Ben. Next matchup, we're going to stay in the AL. The winner of this one takes all the first-place Astros. This will be the Mariners taking on the Blue Jays. This series is going to be in Toronto. I'll start out here. Look, the Mariners, man, they cashed my five-unit win total, and I'm going back to the well here on them. I like the Mariners. The Mariners have one of the best bullpens in the MLB. It's a sneaky good bullpen because it started out bad, so the numbers look a little skewed. Look, Alec Manoa is a great pitcher, but Luis Castillo is equally as good as he is. Uh, that's going to be a hell of a duel to start the series off. That's a coin flip game. After that, I mean, I give the Mariners, I like Robbie Ray more than I like Kevin Gosman, and I damn sure like Logan Gilbert more than I like uh, Jose Barrios in the last game of that series. I think the Mariners are going to come out here and pull off the upset. I'm rocking with another first-round upset here. I mean, this Blue Jays team, they have a nice lineup and all, and they play well in Canada and whatnot, but I feel like this Mariners team, you know, they surged. They started out terrible the first, the start of the season off, then they got hot. Julio Rodriguez and company just doesn't know any better. This team went for the longest drought of any team in the MLB without making the playoffs. They finally ended that drought. I think they're going to get in, get one in here. This Mariners team's young and doesn't know any better. Yeah, it's also worth mentioning that um, we obviously we don't know which Mariners or we could probably look back in the season, but we don't really know which Mariners players are unvaccinated. That is not a factor anymore. Um, Canada had has lifted their their ban for all of that, so that's not going to affect Mariners at all. That would be a huge postseason yeah. advantage. Um, well, not really, because I think Toronto is only going to host this round. But um, I I agree with you. I think the pitching matchup favors the Mariners. My only my only reason for picking the Blue Jays, it's my only reason, they have no choice. You can't spend money 
and get uh, really good players. You can't bring in Springer. You can't bring in Barrios, uh, who, who's probably been up and down for them. Um, uh, who else? They brought in someone else. Uh, Chapman. You can't bring in these guys and lose right away. You can't do it because then you got to blow up your organization and you're back to rock bottom. They have no choice but to win this series. I think their lineup is just so deadly. I, I think they could hit just about any pitcher, even though I do like the Mariners pitchers better. I'm going to go with the Blue Jays because I don't think they have a choice but to win this game and figure it out or uh, win this series. Yeah, and I even picked the Blue Jays before the season started to win the uh, World Series. So just trying to be unbiased out here. Um, next next uh, team up, we're going to go over here to the NL where the winner takes on our Atlanta Braves. We have the Phillies taking on the Cardinals in this one. Ben, who do you like in this series and why? I think the Phillies actually won the – I'd have to have someone fact check me, but I think the Phillies won this series um, total against the Cardinals in the regular season this year. I might be wrong on that. The problem with picking the Phillies is their bullpen's atrocious. It's going to let you down. It's just a matter of when you don't know what kind of defensive performance you're going to get from them. Um, the Cardinals are about as steady as you can get as an MLB team. They're good at everything. I don't know if they're great at anything. They, they field well. They put the ball in play really well. They have power guys. Um, shout out Pujols to get 700-plus home runs. Um, but, like, their pitching's not going to blow you away. You know, you're going to see a pitch-up matchup with Wayne right on the hill. It's like, he's almost 40 years old, and then he just shoves. So, I'm not ever picking the Phillies in a big moment. They're some of the biggest choke artists that we have in the Major League Baseball. I think their defense – or, I'm sorry, I think their bullpen screws it up for them. I think the Cardinals have a terrific bullpen. Give me another favorite. Give me the Cardinals, which I think is bad news for the Braves since they own the Braves historically in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I actually don't think they have the chance to face off against the Braves, Ben. I like the Phillies in this series, man. Look, Jose Quintana is pitching game one against Zach Wheeler. I could see Zach Wheeler pitching the entire game here and winning this one. Zach Wheeler is an absolute ace. He's a top 15 pitcher in all the MLB. I think Zach Wheeler gets it done game one. Game two, you got Aaron Nola versus Miles Mikolos. Mikolos has good numbers, but he really dropped off at the end of the season. Nola got better as the season went on. He actually started out really rough. At one point in time, I thought they were going to have to put him on the IL for a little while, but he figured it out. I think the Phillies get it done. I think they beat him in the first two games, to be honest with you. I mean, I really think the starting pitching is absolutely horrible. It's probably going to be Wainwright the last game. If they can get it to that third game, I do like the Cardinals' chances better, but I don't think it happens, man. I just think the Phillies are going to throw these guys a lot, and they're going to get it done here in these first two games. They've survived all year with their pitching staff, so mm -hmm. that's why I guess I'm not as worried. So what I'm saying, I mean, it's it, it, don't get me wrong, though. Think about it, though, Ben. It's kind of the same thing again. Who did the Cardinals play most of their games? The Pirates, the Reds, the Cubs, you know, like, yeah, they're beating up on the dumpster of the MLB. Um, last series here, we do have the New York Mets versus the Padres. I think this is the easiest one to pick. This one, I'm just going to go ahead and ride the chalk here with the favorite. Look, Padres do have good rotation. Don't get me wrong. Darvish versus Scherzer in the game one is going to be an absolute just like showdown. But ultimately, this Mets team played so well at home. I don't have the exact stat, but their stat line at home is unreal this season. The Mets were... Let me see if I can get the exact stat for y'all. But the Mets guys were one of the best teams in the MLB when playing at home. I think the same thing happens here. Game two, they're going to try to throw Bassett. And then, oh, wait, if there's a game three, you have to face DeGrom. I mean, if the Mets didn't win the series, I'd be shocked. They're 54-27 and 27 at home this season. That is the best record in the MLB at home. So I'm going to ride the Mets here. I think it's pretty straightforward. The Padres pitching staff is, I mean, they're going Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove in whatever order they mm -hmm. want. So, I mean, and also, like, like, I get it. You have DeGrom game three. 
the Mets don't win most of DeGrom's starts in his entire career. So, yeah, it's hard to hit him, but also if you can get him out of the game, the Mets' weakness right now, it depends on who they put in their playoff roster. Uh, the Mets' weakness is the bridge guys, getting them from the starter to Diaz. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. Uh, I think the Padres have a have a great lineup. They haven't clicked as much as we thought they would when they brought in Bell and Soto and uh, uh, Brandon Drury, I think, was the other guy they brought yep. in. Um, this is going to be an interesting series. I'm also going to go with the Mets um, because this is what they're paying their guys for. There is an interesting point to make. Would you, do you agree with the Mets? First of all, in the pitching order? Yes. I actually think it's a smart move by the Mets. I think the Mets have played so well at home. You got to assume that, you know, you can get it done those first two games. And honestly, I would probably rather give the ball to Grom in game three than give it to Bassett. If you were to split the first two games, you know what I mean? It just makes you, makes you more confident. You know, like if you see DeGrom or Scherzer lose, you're probably, you know, a little nervous going that last game with Bassett. Bassett's a good pitcher, but I mean, no offense to him, but he's not DeGrom or Scherzer, you know? Here's the thing to keep in mind. Jacob DeGrom's last two uh, starts in the regular season were, I would say, terrible. Uh, he blamed himself for one of them. He said, I was the problem. And then he came to pitch against the Braves and he didn't pitch very well against the Braves either. Now I know that the Padres may not hit DeGrom like the Braves sometimes do, but the Padres have plenty of star power in that lineup when you expect Soto to be able to hit every MLB pitcher. You expect Machado to do it. You expect uh, Cronenworth can hit a lot of guys. Like They're not a slack lineup at all. The injuries. You got to remember, Max Scherzer is not – he's probably not 100%. His oblique has bothered him late in the season multiple times this year, and DeGrom has been pretty healthy the second half of the year, but he has some arm issues. They can't afford to lose these guys. They can't. How long can these guys last? Are you expecting Scherzer to go eight innings here? Can he get seven out of them? Or are you getting six? Because if you get six out of them and it's a close game, that's where the Mets get in trouble to bridge the gap to Diaz. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Mets do all season long uh, or all playoffs long, but I do think they can uh, win this series since all games are in New York. Yeah, no, that that's what I'm saying. I, th- I like the Mets to clean them up here at home. Um all right, Ben, real quick before we move before we move here to our picks, you want to change your World Series prediction? Yeah, I think I had uh, – I, I didn't have time to go back and listen. I want to say I had Dodgers-Astros um, with the Dodgers winning. Yeah, screw the Dodgers. Let's go – I don't want to rematch, though, um, because that's very hard to do. It's really hard to repeat, but I don't care if I'm wrong. Give me the Braves in the World Series – out of the American League, give me the Yankees. Can't wait to take down those pinstripes. Braves over Yankees. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, I am um, 100% with you on this. On this one, I'm actually going with. Actually, just kidding. I'm going with the Braves over. Actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to go back on what I said. I took the Blue Jays to beat the Braves, so I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't want to go back on what I have since I got. Who plays the? Playoffs. Who plays the Yankees in the second round? The winner uh, of who? Yankees play their winner of, of uh, Cleveland and uh, the Rays. Okay. I like the Yankees. Yeah. I still think the Yankees will get to the next round. Um, all right, Ben, let's do this thing. Give us a quick recap from last week, and then let's jump into these picks. Yep. Let me pull it up. All right. So week five of college football, you went. This is just podcast picks, people, not Thomas's entire card that he tweets out. 
Thomas, you went two and one. That makes you 10, eight and two on the college football season. I also went two and one, and that makes me 11 and nine on the college football season. NFL week four, you went one and one. That brings your total to four and four. I went one and oh. Um, like I said, I didn't love the board last week. That's why it was a small, only one play for me. Uh, I'm seven and four on the NFL season in total NFL and college, your picks, my picks as a podcast were 32, 25 and two. Not bad. Not bad at all for some over 50%. Yeah. All you got to do is listen in on the podcast. All right, Ben, since I'm the leader, I will start us off this week on college football. Um, there's a lot of big games on the card, guys, and I'm going to go to the biggest match of the week. That's right. I'm going to a game that's going on in my backyard. I'm going with Georgia Tech hosting Duke. I'm being completely sarcastic, by the way. That's not the best match of the weekend. But I'm taking Duke minus three in this game. Look, Georgia Tech's giving up 188 yards per game on the ground. That's the 24th worst in the FBS. Duke is has a top 20 rushing attack in all of college football. They're getting over 200 yards per game on the ground. Also, on top of that, Teams that win as an underdog outright is a 17 and a half point favorite or more. Georgia Tech was plus 22 and a half last week against Pittsburgh, one outright. Then they come back home and they're an underdog once again. Those teams are 214 and one against the spread. Also, Duke lost at home last year to Georgia Tech. This is a revenge spot. They're bought in under the new coach. Give me Duke to win this game big time. I think this is blowout city. Did you say minus? You said minus three? Yeah. Okay. It may have moved to three and a half. Um, if you want to buy the point down, people, then go ahead. Buy the point down. Um, Duke minus three. Got it. I'm going back to the well. Uh, if you have been listening to this podcast on a week-to-week basis, you have come to realize that one of my favorite teams in college football is James Madison. They were an FCS team uh, that moved to uh, FBS, Division One football. They're 4-0. They're also 4-1, uh, sorry, 4-0 record and 4-0 against the spread. I'm riding them until they fail me. James Madison, minus 11 and a half. They're facing Arkansas State. It's a very similar reason why I'm back in James Madison once again, like I did last week when they played Texas State. Arkansas State, just like Texas State, is a very one-dimensional offense. Their quarterback, Thomas, you're going to recognize the name, Florida State fans. James Blackman is their oh. quarterback at Arkansas State. They give up a ton of sacks. Arkansas State as a team. JMU get sacks. That's the same reason why I played them against Texas State. Uh, that game was a monsoon, and JMU's defense only held them to 14 points. It was an easy minus 22 cover. Arkansas State defense gives up a ton of yards. Their secondary is 115th in Division I football. James Madison throws the ball all over the yard. I believe their quarterback only has one interception on the year. James Madison minus 11 and a half. I like it, Ben. I like it. James Madison actually grades well in all parts of college football. Um, next game I'm going to go with here. I'm actually going to go to one of the big games here. Georgia takes on Auburn. This game is going to be played in Atlanta, Athens, Georgia. Georgia dropped to number two seed. And I think they're going to be come out here pissed off. The total on this game is where I'm going. I'm not touching that 29 and a half point spread. I'm taking the under in this game at 49. Auburn's offense is terrible. Robbie Ashford is going to be playing quarterback. He's more of a runner than a passer. Therefore, the clock's going to run. Auburn's not going to ha- hit a bunch of explosive plays in this game, guys. They're going to try to ground and pound, keep it conservative, keep the clock moving, and keep the ball away from Georgia on offense. I mean, Georgia, this has got to be the maximum innovation spot, guys. This is what they call it the South's oldest rivalry. I think Georgia is going to come out here pissed off. They're definitely going to take it to them. I don't think Auburn scores. I mean, it's been pretty tough for teams to score Missouri kind of got caught him sleeping last week. 
I don't think that same thing's going to happen here this week. I think Georgia comes out here and busts Auburn's ass, takes out a little bit of anger. Um, I think the final score of this game is going to be like 42 to zero when we cash the under. <laughs> it was under 49. Yeah. Uh, I'm going BYU plus three and a half at Notre Dame. Um, sure, Notre Dame has looked a little bit better. They haven't really played many good teams. I like the hook with the underdog in this matchup. BYU, there was a couple of national media guys saying that they could be a potential playoff dark horse team because of their schedule being so difficult that if they could rattle off some wins, they already have, let me pull it up one more time. They have a big win on their, on their, um, record right now. They're four and one. Oh, they beat, uh, Baylor, which at the time was a big win. Uh, and then they lost at Oregon. So another chance to get a big win on the road. I think they can come through here or at least cover for us. Plus three and a half BYU at Notre Dame. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, Notre Dame beat North Carolina, but I mean, that defense is absolute garbage for North Carolina. Um, last game for me in college football, before I get to my NFLs, this is my other max play. Duke was a max bet, by the way. I'm going max play once again here. Utah minus three and a half on the road at UCLA here. Look, UCLA looked good and all last week, guys, but that Washington defense looked like they had no interest in tackling them. They made a lot of stupid passes to try to get back in the game. They got picked off and just kept piling it on them. Look, I think Utah is a sleeping giant here, guys. I think they should be close to a touchdown favorite in this game. Uh, Utah's beat UCLA the last five times they played, and the last three times they played them with Chip Kelly as head coach. They've they're three and zero in those games, winning by an average margin of forty five to twelve. Here, I just think Utah's not getting enough credit for how good of a team they are. I think people have written them off after that loss for Florida. They're the sleeping giant in all of college football. Cam Rising, this offense is absolutely rolling. They have a nasty defense too. I mean, they just beat a they just beat by doubles last week. A run dominant team like Oregon State is the best run game in all the Pac twelve. I don't think DTR and UCLA is going to get much else going. I mean, those numbers clearly suggest that DTR struggles against this Utah defense. I think Utah comes out here and rolls them by doubles once again and makes a statement that they're still hanging around. Also, too, I do like fading teams that are playing their first game being ranked. UCLA just premiered in the rankings this week at number 18, so give me Utah. There's a game that I went back. I knew they played last year, and I knew it was an insane game. So I had to go back and look at it. Army Wake Forest last year, Mm -hmm. the score was 70 to 56. Yep. The total is 66 this year. I'm not saying I am betting it. I might. I just want to throw that out on the podcast. One team hit the over. (laughs) Um, The over of this year is what I meant. Here's another one. I'm waiting because the number's not out yet, but it will be. It will be a play of mine. Uh, I told you I'm writing down the observations so that I can go back, read them, and, and one of them was trust your gut. My gut tells me Mississippi State team total over. I don't know what the number is yet. I'm not sure I care what the number is yet. Here's why I like it. Mississippi State is top 10 in basically every single passing category you can find out there. Arkansas is the third worst secondary in division one football against the pass. I told you at the beginning of this year, my plays, the way my strategy is I'm going strength first weakness. I can't find a bigger strength first weakness. If I lose this, I'm going to have my chin up and say it was the right play. It didn't happen. I lost money on it. Whatever Mississippi state's team total is, I am taking it. Projected to be at 34 and a half. That's high. And I don't think I care. 
I think that's a good bet. I mean, we all saw what happened last week. They couldn't stop those big plays. Arkansas that is also, high. Arkansas that makes also, me a little worried, but I'm taking it. But Arkansas also grades out terribly tackling, so I like that in your favor and, as well, Ben. And Mike Leach doesn't really step his foot off the gas. He just throws the ball 50,000 times a game. Exactly. Um, all right, so now – Let's move over here. Wait, Ben, do you have any more left in college football? Nope. Okay, perfect, perfect. Let's move over here to the NFL. Ben, I'll give you the honors to start us off this weekend. Oh, another reason, uh, KJ Jefferson is questionable for the game, just letting everyone know. So if you want to take the spread, it's probably going to move if he's ruled out. But his backup is Cade Fortin, which if you're a Johns Creek alumni, you probably know that last name. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Ben, go ahead. NFL, uh, we actually share a couple plays. I'll just start the first one for us, and you can go into depth about it. Dolphins minus three. Um, I think this is a good spot for the Dolphins. Teddy Bridgewater is a tremendous record covering when he's been a starter. Um, I, I think Mike McDaniel is just one of those coaches that he can figure out how to work with any offense at this point. Um, Jets off a nice comeback win. I still don't think the Jets are all that good. Miami minus three is what I have. It might be three and a half now. Um, it actually did come back down to three today. Oh, okay. Well then Miami minus three. Yeah. I'm actually on the exact same play max play for me here. Look, I just want to go over some simple logic here, guys. Think about this. So first of all, Mike McDaniel's a great coach. He's going to put Teddy Bridgewater in position to succeed. Teddy Bridgewater, in my opinion, is a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. He also has the likes of, of Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill to throw the football to. On top of that, guys, think about this logically. So last week, we watched the Dolphins play the Bengals. The line on that game was at four. Tua gets ruled in. The line goes from, th- from four to three and a half. So then... There's another – so then the week before that, the Jets also played the Bengals, and the line in that game was six. So think about that. If two, if Teddy Bridgewater is a, is a half a point downgrade from Tua, I think he's more of a one-point downgrade. The line in this game should be five. This line is way off in my opinion. I also am on the uh, – I'm also, for all those reasons, on the Dolphins in this game. Um my second pick here for NFL, I'm pretty sure Ben is the same pick as me as well. I'm taking the Browns plus three here against the Chargers. They're hosting them. There's going to be 20-mile-per-hour wins in this game. The Chargers are 31st in the NFL in rush YPP. That's yards per game. They're giving up on the ground. Absolutely terrible. The Browns are first in the NFL in EPA on the ground. Miles Garrett's going to be back. Look, the Browns are not much better against the run, but the Chargers are actually grading out 26th and 27th in the NFL in YPP and yards per game on the ground. The Chargers have not run the ball well at all this season. I don't think they can take advantage of the disadvantage here. I think the fact that the rush ends are going to be back in this game for the Browns is huge. I feel like the Browns plus three. You know what they say, home dogs run the fastest, Ben. That was my second play, so I'm just going to move on to my third and final play. I have not played this one yet because I'm just – Going to wait to see if we can get uh, a six as a number, as a dog here. But even if it stays at five and a half, I think I'm going to play it anyway. Uh, I'm staying on this Cooper Rush train. I'm going Cowboys plus five and a half. Like I said, I'm just going to wait to see if we can get it to six just in case. But I will play it at five and a half no matter what. Um, I will be very honest with everyone. I think this is a game Dallas could win outright, and it wouldn't shock me. We've seen the formula to beat the Rams as of right now, early in the season. Pass rush is really affecting Matt Stafford. 
There's not many teams who have a better pass rush than the Cowboys as of right now. Uh, Parsons is dominating. He's freeing up one-on-ones for everyone else. They're taking advantage of it. And they still have Trayvon Diggs, who's been a ball hawk. He got another interception last week. This defense is playing great again under Dan Quinn. Cooper Rush is not turning the ball over very often. I think I need the Cowboys offensive line to play a little bit better than they did last week. But the Cowboys offense looks like a well-oiled machine right now. They're running the ball. Um, Zeke actually, like, I don't know. I feel like I've been a little surprised with how, how decent Zeke looks right now. Um, you know, I'm expecting him to come in shape pretty overweight like he has the last couple of years, <laughs> running slow. But CeeDee Lamb's off to a pretty good start with Cooper Rush. His numbers haven't really declined at all. They have Michael Gallup back. I believe he caught a touchdown in his first game of the season. And um, I like what I've seen from Cooper Rush. He's not turning the ball over. The defense is better than the Rams' defense right now. That's why I'm taking the underdog. I like it, Ben. I probably will end up being on the same bet as well. I just haven't, you know what I mean, figured out my final well, I'm place. waiting. It's a, it's a later kickoff. It's a 425 kickoff. And, like, the line ain't coming down from this point. It's, it's either going to six or it's going to five. And, like, at that point, I'm betting it no matter what. Yeah, so usually, guys, the way I do my bets is I usually look for the games that I'm the most confident in, go ahead and smack those down on Tuesday or Wednesday. And then usually on Thursday, I try to lock in all my college football by the end of the day. And then I use Friday and Saturday to get everything together at the NFL. The NFL, I think injuries mean a little bit more since the players are a little bit better. Um, Speaking of which, I will give you all full transparency here. I did already take Kentucky minus 10 against South Carolina. Will Levis looking like he's not going to play that line's currently sitting at six. Now I'm going to say this, Ben, I'm probably just going to go ahead and rip it again at minus six. I really don't think it matters. I think a lot of times we overrate how much quarterbacks matter in college football. Will Levis, in my opinion, is not that good of a quarterback. I think they still absolutely house them. Speaking of injuries, I don't think you have anything on this game. Have you seen the injury, the possible injury report for the commanders versus um, Tennessee Titans game? I have actually, um, I have it's seen, like, yeah, yeah. It's like literally all the, basically J- Jahan Dotson and, which uh, is Curtis huge. Samuel. Jahan, yeah. Jahan Dotson has been unbelievable for Carson Wentz. And I think Robert Woods might be out. And then I think Traylon Burks is questionable. Yep. Everybody's S- injured. Somehow the Titans are still favored. Yeah. It's because at the end of the day, the Titans can still ground and pound it. The commanders really have nothing outside of that receiving core. Yeah, but their rushing defense is like 15th or 16th in the NFL right now. It's not horrible. But I guess going to, going up against Derrick Henry is a different monster. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Um, Ben, any other games you think we should just – actually, Ben, let's talk about it real quick. Alabama, Texas a and I mean, the line on this game is pretty absurd right now. What do you think about yeah. it? Um, I, mean, I think we know what A&M – they're off – I mean – like last year, I don't think AM's offense was all that good. And then Zach Calzada played the game of his life, but that was also at home. I think playing on the road in Tuscaloosa is a lot different from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I just don't think AM's offense will be able to move the ball that, that efficiently on Alabama's defense for a four quarter game. They're also, um, we didn't do observations this week. So Anaya Smith, who's like the Swiss Army knight yep. for AM, is obviously out for the season. I think that's a big loss. In a matchup like this, he's been in college for uh, three years now. He's been under Jimbo both times, and he puts up big numbers in Jimbo's offense because he lines up at slot. He lines up out of the backfield. He does everything for this team. Um, I don't really know who they're going with at quarterback. There's rumors they're going back to King, Haynes King. I think 
That's interesting. Um, his, yeah. Haynes King came in yet last week. His first pass was a pick six. And then he there's pretty all, sure he threw like two more passes. And then the third one was an interception. There's also no information you're going to find. If you think you have information on Alabama's quarterback's information, I can promise you right now that report is not a hundred percent truthful. You cannot trust anyone. I know this because Alabama doesn't allow media to attend their practices mm-hmm. uh, for most of their practice. The, the period they can, you're not allowed to film the quarterback. If you think I'm kidding, you can find a video of Alabama releasing practice film and his wide receivers running routes. Mm-hmm. And you can't see a quarterback throwing to him on camera. Do with that information what you will. I think Jalen Milrow, who's a little bit more of a runner uh, or a lot more of a runner than Bryce Young is, can still get it done against this A&M team. I think they're going to play with a lot of vengeance. You've heard, I'm sure you've seen the quotes by now. Jameer Gibbs, who was not on the Bama team last year, a reporter asked him, is there a different energy in practice or in the locker room? He said, yeah, I mean, I can, I can feel everyone wants this one a little bit more. Um, Will Anderson quotes are out there in the public. I think Bama wins. I wouldn't take the spread if you're going to bet on Bama. If there's a first quarter spread and it's minus six and a half, take it. If you see a first half spread and it's four, if it's less than 14, I would take that as well. That's my free advice on Alabama this week. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea a lot, Ben. I honestly think that Alabama is going to roll them too. I don't think this game's going to be. I'm going to tell you this. If the first quarter is minus six and a half, it might be a three unit play. Oh, I like that, Ben. Um, I actually am looking at Michigan minus 13 and a half or 14 first quarter. The number's not up yet, so I didn't want to get They play Indiana? Yeah, that should be – yeah, that should not even be, like, competitive game at all. You know, that's just typical of Michigan's schedule, man. Another cupcake they're going to play. If you haven't seen Blake Corum play football, run the football, I highly suggest, highly suggest you watch him run the football. He's a stud. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that one, Ben. Um, any other games think actually I'll, I'll bring one. Up I want to talk about, I want to talk about your team. Yeah. That's um, what I was about to say. Florida state goes at NC state. What do you think? What do we, what are we looking for in this game from Florida state? Obviously you want them to win, but, uh, what do you think are like the biggest strengths versus weaknesses on the Florida state side? Yeah. So to be honest with you, I think that, um, I think NC we're in better shape. defense is serious. Yeah. Versus practiced though this week as has uh, Lavette, our two defensive linemen who did not play last week. So I think that could end up being huge for the Knowles just because, you know, the fact that we didn't have them last week, we clearly were not able to figure out that little fluky, like, Wake Forest, like, handoff run play. You know what I mean? Yeah, neither could Clemson. Yeah, I mean, we could do nothing against it. And I think it was the fact that we had nothing. I mean, this 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 NC State offense has looked pretty terrible now. We've seen it multiple weeks now that this offense is not that great. I mean – I think we have the better offense. I think this is a winnable game. It's just going to be tough, man, to go to Raleigh and win in a night game. I mean, we've had some of our best teams ever go up there and lose. So, ultimately, I can't bet the game. As a fan, I'm going to say I think Florida State can win. Realistically, as somebody who's going to bet the game, I don't see how you can bet this game, man. I think this is a total coin flip game, but it's a huge game. I mean, if we win this game, we're basically playing Clemson next week to see who wins the eight, to see who wins the Coastal. Yeah, pretty much who wins the ACC. What's your thoughts on the game? I think I listen, I think it's big. As you mentioned, you gotta have edge rushers in college football to get to the quarterback. Um, I, and I think that's a that's something you have to have against Wake Forest. We saw Clemson get to um the the slow RPO they do every once in a while because they have a great defensive line. Florida State missing their top defensive or edge rushers is big to not have against Wake Forest. I'm interested to see what um 
like the pace of play in this game. Because if I'm Florida State, I, I, I think I should go fast in this game. NC State, when you have a defense that's a little bit better than your offense, NC State's defensive unit is probably the best unit that we have in this game. I think you got to get this big boys out. Uh, Jordan Travis is, I think he should be very comfortable running a no huddle. I feel like, I feel like he's done it for, he did it last year under Norvell, I believe. And I think they've been doing it every once in a while in college this year. So I would, I would run. Um, I would try to establish the run early from Florida state mm-hmm. to set up the deep ball that, and I listen, I'll apologize. Jordan Travis is a lot better this year than I've seen him in um, past seasons. He throws a pretty good deep ball. I think Johnny Wilson's a huge factor on the deep ball. Just throw it up and just let him go for a 50-50 ball, but you got to establish the run to do it. I think Florida State can win this game, and I think it would be a massive step uh, in the recruiting trail for Norvell and for his uh, Florida State head coaching career. No, this win would be absolutely massive. Also, I think you have no no chance next week, though. I don't know, man. I want to see how Clemson looks on the road. I'm not going to bet the game. Oh, wait, that's in Tallahassee? Yeah, it's in in Tallahassee. No, if it was, was in, if Clemson. It, yeah, yeah, if it was in Death Valley, I would 100 percent agree with you. I want to see what Clemson does in one of these big games out of the house, man. It'll be interesting for sure. Um, Ben, we're running out of time here, so I'll say we go ahead and get out of here. But if you bet with us this week, good luck. However, you play it, play responsibly. Ben, any last words from you? Roll tide. Roll tide, guys. Go Braves. Hey, and go Braves. We appreciate everyone who tuned in. Chop and we'll on. talk to y'all again soon.